reading, yay listening. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Lane. Welcome to Game Studies Review. I'm joined today by wonderful, amazing Cody Reimer. Cody, you are laughing already. What's going on? Um, I like your new intro, and that's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hello, folks. I'm I'm Cody Reimer. You know me by now. I feel like you've there been I've been on a, at least a couple of the episodes that have come out. So hi, pleasure to be back. Yay! I just updated my uh, intro there for you, so now it matches the show notes. Boo reading, yay listening. <laughs> Cody, you want to tell us who you are? Yeah, I'm an assistant professor of English at the University of Wisconsin-Stout, uh, where I teach undergraduate and graduate courses in technical communication and other topics. Teaching cool stuff, teaching cool stuff. Today we are reviewing uh, Kelsey Perina's and Andrew Weaver's 2020 article, quote, grades on games, gaming preference, and weekly studying on college GPAs. Uh, from Game Studies, Volume 20, Issue 4, pretty recent. Uh, we didn't really talk about who's doing what here. So, Cody, why don't you do the uh, summary? Because it looks like you've got sure. an excellent yeah. one. Uh, well, so I picked the article because it was a, you know, one of those rare quant studies. Uh, well, I say rare, rare for me to encounter mm -hmm. on, on game studies. And so, um, on the on the in the field of game studies so i was excited to see what it looked like um and so real the, live quant yeah quant, quantitative work uh so they say that their aim is to quote um look for potential evidence for the excitation transfer theory and mm -hmm. the relationships between studying video gaming and academic performance uh end quote and they they had thought or anticipated their kind of hunch was that quote it may be that the case that while time spent gaming does not directly affect grades gaming facilitates information retention making studying more effective end quote so they devised this uh study to try to explore that hunch um and follow that aim and they did so with six research questions and I'm just going to read them to you um, as the summary and then I'll give you a, a bit of the kind of method. So uh, question one, is time spent video gaming weekly a significant predictor of college GPA? Two, is time spent studying a significant predictor of college GPA? Three, can gaming status be used to predict college GPA? Four, can video game preference predict college GPA? Five, can preferences for alternative activities predict college GPA? And six, how do gamer motivations correlate with video game preference? Ooh, so the way they tried to, lot. yeah, the, the way they tried to answer this was with a survey and uh, they had a response. Uh, they had an N of 272, so 272 students across three media study courses at a Midwestern university uh, responded um, and were used in the, the uh, data. 62% female, 38% male, mean age of 19 with a history of playing games for nine years, which, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're media studies courses. So I, I guess I get it, but I was, I was mm -hmm. surprised uh, by that. They used linear regression to analyze the results. Um, and they, they wrote that, um, quote, interestingly, gamers reported significantly more time studying 
on the weekend than non-gamers. Uh, and when gamers and non-gamers were analyzed separately, time spent studying was not a significant predictor of college GPA for non-gamers, but it was for gamers, mm -hmm. end quote. Uh, mm -hmm. And then also that uh, the study demonstrated that action gaming specifically uh, had a small negative effect on college GPA, but their results suggest that motivations can predict preference for the different types of video games. And so that was kind of kind of neat stuff. So you're telling me that the people who know well enough to lie on a self-survey about video games are usually going to have a higher GPA. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, let's get into the contributions here. So um, the, we have a we have a couple of good contributions. I thought any quantitative study of of gaming is going to be useful um, in that you can you can cite it drive-by citations I, i'm sort of spoiling the thing i loved about this is it's a great drive-by citation for people who want to sort of dispel the myth of uh you're going to do bad in college if you play video games um so quant study of gaming gpa relationship to help address negative public perceptions that's really i think although i don't think they say this outright do they cody that they're really looking at changing public perceptions they no, they don't. Well, they they do in the lit review kind of touch on um, the notion that there's this perception of it, but they don't say like our aim or purpose is to combat this. They just say here's here's the stuff that's going on that we're sort of responding to with our study. Well, and it makes sense that a bunch of people who've been in academics their entire lives and also assumedly played games their entire life would look and be like. Well, I played games forever and I did great in college. So I don't know if these I buy these studies. So that makes sense. Um, useful, interesting methods. Uh, I thought the suggested avenues for further study were really interesting. Like uh, they mentioned a couple different possibilities uh, that they could study or other people could study as a result of what they found. I thought that was um, useful. But uh, really the big contribution for me, drive-by citation to add to the growing amount of quantitative literature about about this topic uh what yeah. about some gaps cody what do you think um well yeah so they they write that quote unfortunately the results of this study are inconclusive and do not contribute to a better understanding of how the excitation transfer theory could influence learning immediately after gameplay end quote so they're looking at like activity in the hippocampus and and stuff like that and are the they results. looking at activity in the hippocampus don't you need to be looking at activity in the hippocampus to say you're looking at activity in the hippocampus? I'm I'm probably doing a disservice to how they framed what they were trying to look at and and maybe even misremembering well, no, 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 no. The transfer the theories relationship to the hippocampus. Mm -hmm. But uh, they were trying to look at tran uh, excitation transfer theory and the results were inconclusive for that. Um, but there's a wide variety of findings on, on the subject. Uh, so we're you know, we're going to do a kind of poorly sampled small study that shed zero. Uh, I'm reading your notes here. So this <laughs> is not this is not my tone. This is why don't, why don't you tell me what you thought the gaps were? Because this uh, is. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I didn't mean for this to actually be read. This was my own. Uh, this was my own reaction. Uh, you just so, go back and edit that part out. The, so the, the gap. Snarky notes. Oops. Uh, so the gap, uh, this will be when we do the paid version where Cody and I really just like ream into it, but you got to pay for that for <laughs> us to do that. Uh, anyway, so there's a ton of studies about this subject. Um, and can I just do my, my, what I, hmm, about this? Cause they're about, yeah, well, I think the gap. So like, uh, 
a poorly sampled, so they do a convenient sampling of people in a media studies class, a small study, and it doesn't really shed light on the topic because the research questions are so broad and they're so wide ranging. They might, if if they're, they cite two studies that have like 192,000 people and 212,000 people, like you might find some interesting results from that, but a less than 200 person study of a couple media classes, like I, I wasn't, wasn't less than 200. It was less than 300, 272. Okay. Less than 300. So like, I love this idea if you're doing groundbreaking research. So if it's the first study into a question, this is a totally appropriate study design. But when you're studying a question, you're doing like, I mean, basic replication work. When you're studying a question that's been studied before, like you can't use convenience sampling. That's like research methods 101 from, from what I remember. Um, that's not appropriate to do in that scenario when you're not doing exploratory research. Um, and, and you need a bigger sample size, you need more focused questions. I mean, if, if there's all these studies that have been done, why aren't they taking the research tools that were used in those studies and applying it to another subject pool to see what happened, to see if there's variation. I just like the, the design, I, I like the methodology for an exploratory study and, and, I applaud the quantum games. I love both of those, but they do not match up for the research questions that they had because those research questions have been studied so often. That to me is the gap, big gap. Yeah, I mean, getting getting uh, response rates in the like hundreds of thousands is really expensive. Um, and so it's not not all researchers have access to the, the kind of means to do that though. I get that. But if you're going to do, if you're going to do, if you're going to say, Hey, we're throwing our hat in this ring and this thing that's been studied over and over and over, then something new I think should be brought to the table. Sure. Cause to me in the end, it's like, what light does this shed on the question of GPA and, and game? So, I mean, anyway, I'll tell you what I loved about it though, before we get more into that. Sure. Uh, excitation transfer theory. Have you read about this before? I, I, this was the first time for me. So interesting. Like I want to read a whole study designed around excitation transfer theory. I thought it was super cool. It's Why don't you break it down for the listeners? Give them, give them a little, uh, Oh, well, I'm not as fancy as you with my, with direct quotes in our show notes here. Um, yeah, but you read uh, up on it. So yes, I, yeah. So it, it's the idea that, when you're super excited by something like a video game and you're really into it or aroused as the re as the authors say over and over <laughs> when you're in a state of arousal, um, then, then you're, um, I, I like to think of it as like, you, you just popped an Adderall, you just popped an Adderall and everything else you do after the juices that are flowing, your juices are flowing from your arousal <laughs> into all of the other um, activities that you're going to do. So to the excitation transfer theory, something peaks you, you it's basically yeah. popping an Adderall and then all the other stuff you're doing, you're, you're is, is this like, you know, your hippocampus gets activated. And so you're like, I'm in puzzle, you know, my brain is in puzzle solving mode from playing games. And then I go and study. And so and I'm like studying, like studying really mode. well because my hippocampus is excited, is aroused. It's aroused, yeah. And the, it's, you know, the benefits are transferring from gaming and my, my, you know, uh, turgid brain is now being, you know, thrust upon the, the studying. That I think that's do. exactly their theory. And like, I wanted, I like want to read about excitation transfer theory in games, like specifically, like I thought that was super interesting. And then it makes sense when they talk about action games, like kind of having this negative correlation, because what is the, 
action game arousing. It's not your problem solving. It's not your socialization, right? It's kind of like boom, bang, whatever. Um, I mean, that's probably not entirely fair. I'm sure you're solving plenty of act, plenty of problems in an action game. But I, I don't. I, I thought that was really fascinating. Um, even like some of the predominant work in our field, uh, like um, like uh, the uh, reality is broken, the Jane McGonigal stuff. Like, yeah. why is excitation transfer theory not in there? Like, that would be a great place for it, right? If you're going to solve the world's problems through video games, talk about the fact that you can you can use this. I'm sure, I'm sure, right, like, you know, game studies is super interdisciplinary, and I'm sure there's a bunch of, I don't know, like, social cognitive theorists or whatever who look at games who are like, this is what we do, we've been doing it for 20 years. Like, there's an entire journal called Excitation Theory in Video Games, you fool. This dude teaches tech com, stay your lane, man. (laughs) I don't don't know. be totally legit, but you know what you should do if you're listening and you're thinking that is email us some articles to read then, because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's the issue with an interdisciplinary field, right? Well, that's one of the things that I love about game studies is that sometimes I'll read, you know, ontological philosophy and be like, hmm. I don't love that. And sometimes I'll read about, you know, excitation transfer theory and be like, hmm. Hmm. And every time I'm learning new things. You're learning new stuff. Yeah. And so the, the other thing I love about this is the attention paid to genre. Like so many studies and they're older studies. So, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know again, uh, back then, but like they, they study games as if they're just games without looking at the different genre that people are playing. And, and the research that's come out in the past, uh, you know, five, six years, uh, looking at specific impacts of specific genres on specific activities. Oh, it's so good. It's so exciting. Um, like I think about pro-social games and then people's, uh, you know, reaction to their researchers spilling a couple pencils on the ground and if they help them up, you know, stuff like that. Like really yeah. fascinating. So I love the attention they paid to genre. I thought that was a huge bullseye for me. I thought they did a, a really good job, um, not just that they paid attention to it, but I really liked the um, genre definitions and how they work mm-hmm. with them. Um, and then so, but this is going to bleed a little bit into, hmm, and it's not because like, I'm skeptical or doubtful, but because I'm just so out of my depth. Um, like they, so one of the things that they did with, um, they list all these genres, but then they ran a principal component analysis with Veramax rotation to sort genre preferences into general types. Um, and so then it, the rotation method was Veramax with Kaiser normalization. This is how uh, I feel it, when I'm reading like Derrida. Like my eyes just blaze over and move over the words. And, and naturally the rotation converged in eight iterations. <laughs> and you know, it's with a Pearson's product moment correlation coefficients matrix. It all makes sense. And I'm I'm being glib because I don't understand anything that I just read, but that's that this is like the quant methods that they're employing. But really what what came out of their Veramax rotation to sort genre preferences into mm. general types is that's how they got to like action as like a type that is um, like a big umbrella for um, the genres that they had listed previously. And I, I like that. I thought that that was kind of cool and neat to see. Uh, you know, um, quant stuff always makes me feel um, like I needed to take a quant course. In I did. It, this <laughs> makes me feel stupid reading that. Like I, I cannot make sense of those words, man. Um, I, but I didn't put that up. on a negative list or anything. Cause that, that is a hundred percent me. That is not oh, a yeah. fault of the researchers. Not, not at all. And, and I, I've spoken with some, I was talking with a friend this afternoon who does like quant research and they're like yeah i understand some of that but 
even when I was doing my my quant coursework, it it was very clear that that was a very very shallow tip of you know the enormous iceberg, and it goes way way uh, you know deeper. And I think I mean that's true of everything, even in grad school. So yeah, the, that he hadn't heard of all of all of this um, was somewhat of a balm on my uh, ego, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But uh, they they did have good attention to limitations, mm -hmm. uh, such as acknowledging the difficulty of self-reporting time spent on various tasks. Every time Those... I wrote on a note like this is a limitation, they were like, "Hey, we know this is a limitation." Yeah, I thought that was I, I love that. I thought that was great. Um, and how they also paid attention to how university age students are um, have different mm -hmm. routines from yeah. adolescents who were the subject uh, in the studies that they referenced in the lit review. So this was I mean, it's not like they're just replicating the, you know, 100k plus N rated stuff because those were adolescents. This is college students. It's totally. college GPA. So it is a little bit more focused. Um, and I think they are laying some good groundwork for quant people to replicate this kind of study, um, maybe at a larger scale. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I liked it. I just, um, the quant stuff went way over my head and, um, I wish that, uh, they had a little bit more to say about excitation transfer theory, but that's, that's just on me. I should, you know, well, like that, you that to me was for sure it. the gem of the article, the excitation transfer theory stuff. I thought it was so good. Yeah. Um, I, I think I did, did, did. You did your hmms, right? Uh, yeah, the hmms were were mostly like I I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ver, Veramax with Kaiser normalization. Good, good. Yes, proper. Hmm. Yes, I understand <laughs> everything you're saying. I have a yes, PhD. Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, so I I think I I did my hmms already. So I'll move on to the bottom line. And I'm not trying to trip pick on these researchers or any of the people that we talk about. Uh, any of the articles we read, but I, I do think Sounds it's like important. Sounds like a butt is coming. It's, what's that? It sounds like a butt is coming. But it, I do I, think it's important that... I, I'll say and. <laughs> but I do think it's important uh, that the idea of this podcast is to tell people what they need to know about the articles and when it's going to be useful and when it's not, right? Um, so what I think this article is useful for, it's useful in a narrow sense. It's a great drive-by citation. It'd be helpful for designing future studies. Um, it adds to uh, the, it adds to the detraction that there, that video gamers are losers and can't go to college or hold a job or whatever. Um, and, and I really think that there's a huge, if you're interested in this excitation theory in games, I think, I think this is the place to start. I think this, I mean, obviously, except for the journal excitation theory in games. Um, I, I think this is a good place to start for that. Uh, but, but if you're looking for, for some big, interesting results, this just is not the one. I'm, and, and you're talking to like, Cody, this is you and I, right? Like we were talked yeah. about starting a journal where it was just like failed, like back in grad school, right? With uh, Dr. Salvo, just, that was just failed studies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is a topic. Like I love failed studies. I got no problem with that. I wouldn't call this a failed study. I was going to say, I would challenge the idea that this is a failed study. I'm just I mean, saying they... that the, that the findings because of the way it's designed and then the findings they got, I don't find them in and of themselves useful, but I do find it useful as a citation, as another addition to calling what, out the so, so questionability what would you cite? of other studies. You would cite this what is the value of citing this? What is valuable here that you would want to point to and say, this shows something useful? This shows useful. that video games do not necessarily equal a poor GPA, time spent in gaming. Yeah, I think that's valuable. Yeah, I, I think 
I think it's valuable as a citation. Do I think it's valuable to sit down and take an hour away from your family and dig into Veramax? So that's the great thing about, about quant studies like this, though. Like you can skim through the lit reviews, see how they're situating it pretty quickly. And then like you just, you know, line up how they're doing uh, the research question mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the data and how it's being addressed. And it's super skimmable. Like it's, it's great. And it's on game studies. So it's, you know, it's free. You know, maybe that's a better bottom line. Super skimmable on game studies. Great citation for calling into question some BS research. Boom. That's what you need to know. What do you Perfect. think? Perfect. Yeah. We solved it. We solved academia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Cody, thank you for joining me. Thank you for this uh, really interesting, interesting uh, discussion today. Thanks for having your, me. Your opinions are always so well thought through and and valuable. So thank you for that. Hopefully the listener, listeners feel likewise. I think so. I definitely think so. So uh, if there's something that uh, boo reading, yay listening, you don't want to read yourself, but you want to have us read and talk about uh, please send us an article at gamestudiesreview at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook uh, as well. And if you want to come on the show and talk about an article that you wrote or a book, if you give it us enough time, uh, we'd love to have that as well. If you want to just specifically request Cody, because he is significantly nicer than me, then that is perfectly appropriate as well. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.